السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه والتابعين ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد We always praise Allah سبحانه وتعالى We thank him for everything that he has granted us We send blessings and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam his household, his companions, may Allah bless them all and bless every single one of us. My brothers and sisters, we welcome the beautiful month of Ramadan in this year, 1436 Hijri, coinciding 2015 with the Gregorian calendar. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make it a month full of goodness, a month full of achievement and blessing, a month full of mercy and forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Brothers and sisters, in order to achieve the maximum from this beautiful month, we need to be sincere to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We need to be sincere to our fellow believers. We need to cleanse our heart of all the dirty qualities that may lie within. We need to cleanse it of jealousy and envy and hatred and so on. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us to achieve this. We need to learn to love one another solely because we share the shahada. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help us understand the value of this my beloved brothers and sisters. This year we have chosen reasons of revelation of verses of the Noble Quran as a theme. The idea is to go through what is known as Asbabun Nuzul in the Arabic language. Because the Quran has many verses in it, as you know, they are from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They were revealed over a period of 23 years of the prophethood of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And these verses that were revealed were actually so beautifully revealed each time as they were spaced out, an incident may have occurred after which a verse was revealed because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted to clarify something and he chose a specific moment to do that. So it is very important for us to understand the context in which verses were revealed in order to be able to apply these beautiful verses. No verse of the Qur'an is null and void. No verse of the Qur'an is inapplicable. No verse of the Qur'an is not valid. We ask Allah to protect us. However, when it comes to the application of these verses, we must understand that they are all applicable within the context that they have been revealed and within the conditions that would be necessary in order to implement verses. For example, the verses of Salah, if we were to look into them, yes, they are applicable. But the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, explains what the Salah is and when it is. You cannot just say, okay, I read a verse, وَأَقِيمُ salah, Establish your Salah. So I stand at any time of the day and night, even the times that are prohibited, or the times that we are not supposed to be fulfilling Salah. And I choose to read Fajr at night, and I choose to read Dhuhr in the evening, and I choose to read Asr sometime in the morning. That doesn't help. You need to know the detail, and so on. Similarly, there are certain verses that were revealed at times of war. They are applicable only when conditions are met. There are other verses that were revealed at times of peace. They are applicable when the conditions are met. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us a deeper understanding. Those who don't have knowledge, they tend to want to apply verses of war at times when there are peace or when there is peace. 
and they tend to want to apply the verses of peace when there is war. And this is why it's important for us to go through what is known as Asbabun Nuzul. Each evening we will spend not more than 30 minutes, inshallah, going through various verses. So starting off this evening, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help us and to open our doors. We all know the first surah of the Quran, known as Surah Al-Fatiha. Al-Fatiha meaning the opening. And it's important for us to continue to share a powerful narration each time we speak about Surah Al-Fatiha. It is known as Al-Fatiha because it is the opening. It is known as Ummul Quran because it is one of the most important, if not the most important, Surah of the Quran. We say the most important, it is repeated so much in every Salah and throughout the day. It is also known as As-Salah. The Surah itself is known as As-Salah. Why? Because it is repeated in every unit of Salah. It is also known as As-Sab'ul Mathani. The seven verses that are repeated often, because they are repeated often. It is also known as Ar-Ruqya, because in it there is Shifa and Cure. And we would be able to achieve protection if we read Surah Al-Fatiha. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us protection. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said, I have divided as-salah, referring to Surah Al-Fatiha, between myself and my worshipper into two segments, two sections. I've divided it in half. So when my worshipper says, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, all praise is due to Allah, Lord of the worlds, I say, that means Allah says, He replies to it. And what does He say? He says, my worshipper has declared my praise. Worshipper is praising Allah. So Allah is acknowledging it by saying, My worshipper has declared my praise. Then my worshipper continues to say, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. I say, My worshipper has glorified me. Then when he says, Maliki Yawmiddin, I say, My worshipper has exalted me. All this is interconnected. Different types of praise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then when he says, You alone we worship and you alone we seek help from. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that I say, this is between myself and my worshiper. And now I will grant my worshiper whatever he asks. And what do we ask? Guide us to the straight path. The most powerful dua that you could ever make is the dua for guidance. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, now I will give him what he wants. So we ask for guidance. What type of guidance? Guide us to the straight path, the path of those whom you have favored and not the path of those who have earned your anger, nor the path of those who have gone astray. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help us understand that when we read Surah Al-Fatiha, take your time. There is a response coming from your maker, the owner of those words, Rabbul Izzati wal Jalal. Similarly, when the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in the hadith of Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhi, Sahih Muslim, he was sitting with Jibreel alayhi salatu wassalam, and Jibreel alayhi salatu wassalam, they heard a sound from the top, they looked up, and they, Jibreel alayhi salam says, that is a door of the heavens that has been opened that was never opened before. Subhanallah. So an angel came down, and the angel came down with a statement to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. I give you glad tidings of two noors, two points of light that have been revealed to you that no one before you has got. 
No messenger before you has got these two powerful points of light. What are they? The first is Surah Al-Fatiha, powerful point of light. And the last or the end of Surah Al-Baqarah, the last few verses of Surah Al-Baqarah. So the angel says, whoever reads them, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will respond to that supplication. And this shows us that it is a supplication, it is nur. And these are the du'as that we should be asking, the du'a for guidance. And at the end of Surah Al-Baqarah, you and I, I'm sure we're aware of all the Rabbanas that are there. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help us understand. So this is just part of Surah Al-Fatiha. And it is the most important surah, like I said, in the Quran because of it being repeated. And it is known as... Uh, Umm quran also the mother of the Quran, the Arabic terminology mother of explains or depicts the importance of a specific item. Let's move on to Surah Al-Baqarah. Al-Baqarah named after the cow. The reason why it's named after the cow is because there is a story of the cow in that particular surah. When Musa alayhi salam's time a murder was committed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, wa ta'ala revealed to Musa alayhi salam, the Prophet Moses may peace be upon him, saying that if you would like to know or if your people would like to know who was the murderer, they need to do something. They need to slaughter a cow. And they began to ask questions. What type of a cow is it? What's the color of the cow? What type of a cow is it? We are confused and so on. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, had they just cut any cow right at the beginning, it would have been enough. But because they asked and they made it difficult for themselves, we made it difficult for them as well. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not make it difficult for us. From this we learn something. When the instruction of Allah comes by, follow it. Follow it inshallah and you will find the mercy of Allah descending. So that is the reason why it is called Surah Al-Baqarah. In this beautiful surah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of the believers. And then he makes mention of the disbelievers in terms of the kuffar. They are divided into several categories. They are divided into the Jews and the Christians known as the people of the book because they follow heavenly scripture. Because Surah Al-Baqarah was revealed in Medina Munawwara, because Surah Al-Baqarah was revealed in Medina Munawwara, generally when the term kuffar is used in the surah, it is referring to the Jews and the Christians known as the people of the book. And sometimes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls them the people of the book. Ya ahlal kitabi, O oh, people of the book, and so on. So the third category of people who are made mention of in the surah, the hypocrites. There were no hypocrites in, Med- in Mecca. The reason is in Mecca, it was very difficult to be a Muslim. So it was easier not to show Islam. It was easier to be a non-Muslim. It was difficult. So at that time, they were only the genuine lot who were Muslimin. So hypocrisy was not from them. As for Medina Munawwara, because the bulk became Muslimin, some people found it easier for them to call themselves Muslim, but they were not really Muslim. So Allah addresses them as well. And Allah exposes them in this surah. So from amongst the verses that have been addressing the issue of the people of the book, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks of how some people, it is same. Whether you warn them or you don't warn them, they will not listen. They are not interested. So Allah has sealed their hearts. Their hearts are sealed and there is a veil in front of them, a barrier. So who was Allah referring to? Referring to the people of the book at the time. Or according to some narrations, the people who had come in for the Ahzab, you know, the battle of Ahzab, the battle of the trench, when the allies came in, some of them were being referred to here. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala never to seal our hearts. Verse number six of Surah Al-Baqarah. 
إِنَّ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا سَوَاءٌ عَلَيْهِمْ أَأَنذَرْتَهُمْ أَمْ لَمْ تُنذِرْهُمْ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ Indeed the disbelievers and now we know who is being spoken about it is enough or equal for them whether you remind them or you don't it's the same they will not believe certain categories from amongst them will not believe Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is exposing the people of the book at the time verse number 14 of the same surah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the hypocrites whom they had they were double-faced when they used to come to the believers they used to say hey we are believers just like you wow you're a powerful believer and so on they used to have good statements and when they used to go back to their cronies, they used to say, don't worry, we're not actually believers. We're only making a mockery of this lot. Astaghfirullah. So these hypocrites were exposed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Verse number 14. When they used to meet the believers, when they used to come across the believers, they used to say, we are believers too. وَإِذَا خَلَوْا إِلَىٰ شَيَاطِينِهِمْ قَالُوا قَالُوا إِنَّا مَعَكُمْ إِنَّمَا نَحْنُ مُسْتَهْزِئُونَ When they used to meet their cronies, when they used to go back to their own people, they used to say, no, we are actually with you, we're just making a mockery of this lot. May Allah protect us from being double-faced. One is to know the verse. Two is to know the reason of revelation. Three is to know how it is applicable in your life and mine. We need to protect ourselves from being double-faced. Try and be a person who is upright. Try and be a person who is honest, straightforward. There is no point in being double-faced. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect us not only from being double-faced, but even from those who may be of a similar quality. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of something very interesting. The kuffar, when they saw that certain verses were revealed, where Allah gives the example of the, of the fly. And Allah gives another example of the spider. You know, regarding the spider, there is, there is an entire surah known as Al-Ankabut. And Allah says, مَثَلُ الَّذِينَ اتَّخَذُوا مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ أَوْلِيَاءَ كَمَثَلِ الْعَنْكَبُوتِ اتَّخَذَتْ بَيْتًا Allah speaks about those who call out to gods besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Those who have taken protectors besides Allah. Will they be protected? The answer is no. Allah says, it is just like a spider that has got a web or built a web, made a web for itself, feeling that it's going to be protected. Yet the weakest of all homes and abodes is the web of a spider. So Allah says, don't do that. So when these examples were given, some of the kuffar raised objection and they said, how can Allah give the example of a spider and a fly? The example of the fly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Hajj. When he speaks of the fly, Those whom you call out to as gods besides Allah will never be able to make a fly even if they all gather in order to try and achieve it so when they raised objection allah says in surah al-baqarah verse number 26 
Allah is not shy to give an example of a mosquito or anything beyond it. Not shy at all. Those who believe, they know it is from Allah. Those who disbelieve, they are the ones who find fault. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from those who believe. We are actually honored to be listening to the example of the mosquito and the fly. For indeed, science is discovering as time is passing how sophisticated these miniature creatures of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are. Amazing. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks of some of the qualities or exposes the qualities of some of the people of the book in Medina Munawwara. They used to encourage people to do good, but they did not used to do good themselves. They used to remind people to fear Allah, but they did not fear Allah themselves. From amongst them, some of the Jewish people, Allah makes mention of those at the time, some of them of Medina Munawwara, they used to tell the others, hey, fear God. And do not engage in that which is sinful. And themselves, they used to engage in the sin. They did not fear Allah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds us all by exposing them. Do you instruct people to do good, yet, yet you forget yourselves? Yet you are reading the book. Do you not have sense? Do you not have a mind to think? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is reminding us all to say, it is good and proper to give others a reminder, but remember yourself. And this is why we are taught that whenever you speak out to others or remind them, always say, I need this reminder more than you or we all need this reminder or include the speaker in it. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide me and you all. Amen. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us all and not make us from amongst those who want to correct others without worrying about their own weakness. And this is why my brothers and sisters remember something. When we correct someone's weakness, we should always do so with humility and humbleness. We should never forget that we may be having bigger and greater hidden weaknesses, which perhaps Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not exposed. May He forgive us and may He never expose us. Amen. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about how the people of the book changed the book when it suited them. How the authenticity of that book has been compromised. The books of the previous or the previous scriptures of the previous nations, the people of the book. Take a look at the Injil and the Torah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, we clearly made mention the qualities of Muhammad peace be upon him in these books. But as time passed, they changed the qualities. And then when the messenger came, when the book came, they produced verses that were different from the ones that were revealed. So when the description of Muhammad came, they changed it and then they said, he doesn't fall under this description. May Allah forgive us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide them and guide us all. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala exposes them. Verse number 79. Woe unto those who write the book with their own hands, claiming it's the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They write it with their own hands. لِيَشْتَرُوا بِهِ ثَمَنًا قَلِيلًا 
then they claim that this is from Allah in order to gain something material of this world, something minor, something small. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from those who take heed. This is why the Quran, we learn it, we read it, we memorize it, we put it into practice, we convey it to others and that is our duty towards the Quran. And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes the Quran لا يأتيه الباطل من بين يديه ولا من خلفه تنزيل من حكيم حميد. It is a book that no falsehood can tamper with it, neither from the front nor from the back. It is indeed revelation from the One, the All Wise, the All Strong. May Allah Subhanahu wa Taala grant us strength to be able to learn this beautiful book. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says. When the, when the book came to them, they then denied it. Yet in their books, mention was made of completion. Mention was made of a comforter to come later on. Mention was made of the Quran to come later on. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in verse number 89. And indeed, when the book came to them, Confirming that which was already in their hands. Do you know what they did? They used to pray in the past for guidance and for those to come to believe. But when the Quran came, they turned away. They did not accept it. They rejected it. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us learn a powerful lesson from this. When people read to us a verse of the Quran to correct us, we still don't take heed. We are sitting thinking of the kuffar of Quraysh. And the kuffar of Medina Munawwara, the people of the book, we are talking about them. But the lesson is more for me and for you to say, when revelation has come to you explaining what is right and wrong, no one else can have a say. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us to surrender to the Quran. Sometimes when people tell us to quit our bad habits, we tend to say, you know what, I'm weak, make dua. Make dua for how long? Make dua, is that like a password to commit sin? Everyone says, you know, quit smoking. Brother, it's Ramadan, I'm going to quit it. No, just make dua. I'm weak, I'm weak, man, you know. Subhanallah. We cannot continue only to make dua. Dua is part of the solution, without doubt. But you need an effort. You need to learn from the people at the time. They were known as Sahaba, radiallahu anhum, because as soon as an instruction came, they surrendered. Subhanallah. With us, imagine if we were there at the time. We'd be a big embarrassment. May Allah not do that to us. But still, if you want to be a companion of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam in the hereafter, you can still surrender as and when the goodness comes to your ears. You can cut your bad habits. You can cut your laziness. Laziness is one of the biggest destroyers of today's time. Do you know that? So you can cut it out and you can say, by the will of Allah, oh Allah, grant me companionship of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam in the akhirah or in the hereafter at least. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then speaks about how uh, some of the people used to say, the people of the book, they used to say that heaven is only for us, for no one else. And I'm sure we've heard some of the Jewish people say that they are the chosen people of God. They are the only ones who shall enter heaven. Nobody else will have access to it at all. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala exposes them. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in verse number 94, قُلْ إِن كَانَتْ لَكُمُ الدَّارُ الْآخِرَةُ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ خَالِصَةً مِّن دُونِ النَّاسِ فَتَمَنَّوُ الْمَوْتَ إِن كُنْتُمْ صَادِقِينَ Say, 
If you are claiming that heaven or the hereafter is only for you besides everyone else, then pray upon yourself to die immediately. And Allah says, they won't do that. If heaven is mine, alone, no one else. So Allah is saying, okay, pray that you die now so that you don't have anything in this world. Allah says, not only will they never pray that they won't die, but Allah says, you, you will find the same people, the most greedy when it comes to clinging to dear life. They want to live as long as possible. To this day, you find certain bodies of some of these people, they've preserved them, hoping that one day technology will arrive at, or should I say science or medicine will arrive at a point where they, it can give life back to the body. Astaghfirullah. Imagine. Wallahi, without a joke, there are people who have paid to preserve their bodies with the hope that one day they will come back to life. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. Here Allah exposes them to say, you will find them to want to cling to dear life at any cost. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us and grant us Jannah. Then as you know, Jibreel alayhi salam, the archangel, the main angel, the one who was granted the biggest tasks by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, one of them was to bring revelation to the prophets. When he came, the Prophet ﷺ was granted nubuwa, and the people of the book had asked him a few questions and the answers of these questions came. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed those answers and thereafter when the answers were given, they asked Muhammad ﷺ, who gave you these answers? He said, Jibreel ﷺ came from the heavens and gave me the answers. Jibreel, that's our enemy. Why is he your enemy? He is our enemy because he comes down with punishment. He comes down with uh, so much of bad and evil. He is the one who brings down uh, the plagues and so on. You know, all the, 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 the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he is the one who comes down with the death and so on. This was according to what they had said. So he's our enemy. Why didn't you tell us that Mikal, you know, Mikael, the name of another of the angels. Why didn't you tell us that Mikal or Mikael came down? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, who are you? Who are you to find fault in Jibreel alayhi salam? Listen to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, verse number 97. Say, if you are an enemy of Jibreel, Allah has chosen Jibreel alayhi salatu wasalam to come down with a revelation from the heavens, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose Jibreel alayhi salatu wasalam to bring down this book and the revelation. He is the most honest. He is the one, Al-Ameen, he is the one who is absolutely honest. Known in one of the verses in Surah Al-Shu'ara as Ar-Ruhul Ameen, referring to the angel who is absolutely honest. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us all honesty. Another very interesting verse of the Quran, Surah Al-Baqarah, verse number 102, where they found fault with the Prophet Sulaiman, Solomon, may peace be upon him. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of Sulaiman alayhi salam. So the people of the book said, no, he was a magician. Where are you calling him a prophet from? 
How can you say he was a prophet? He was a magician. He used to order the wind and the wind used to blow. And he used to ride on the wind and so on. Finding excuse. You know when someone does not want to listen to the truth. You can bring them the truth a hundred times with a hundred points of evidence. They will deny it come what may. They find the weakest and lamest excuse to find fault in what you are saying because you are right and they are wrong, but they do not want to admit their fault. Let's learn where we are wrong, admit it. Where we are wrong, do not deny it, admit it. Look what they said about Sulaiman. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then exposed them and Allah says, وَمَا كَفَرَ سُلَيْمَانُ وَلَكِنَّ الشَّيَاطِينَ كَفَرُوا يُعَلِّمُونَ النَّاسَ السِّحْرِ Sulaiman did not disbelieve. Sulaiman did not participate in witchcraft or magic. But the shayateen came down teaching people magic. Teaching people how to separate husband and wife. Teaching people how to do all sorts of evil. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect us from magic and to protect us from all forms of superstition as well. Remember, brothers and sisters, we are living in an age where a lot of people are involved in Satanism. A lot of people are busy visiting whom we in this part of the world would call perhaps Sangomas, I think. That's the name. Witch doctors, spiritual healers, not just a herbalist. There's a big difference. A herbalist is totally different. But a person who is a witch doctor dealing in superstition, you say, you know what? I need you to fix up that person. So they tell you, bring me five bones of a chicken that was cut at 3.31 in the evening or in the afternoon. And those bones should have been cut out of that chicken before 3.34 and so on. And wallahi, people write it down. They go back home. They do it like fools. Allahu Akbar. It's happening. So Allah says, watch out. Don't follow the devil. The devil teaches people how to disbelieve in Allah. Whoever goes to a fortune teller or a witch doctor and believes what they've had to say has disbelieved in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Let's be careful. Brothers and sisters, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks and I will end with this beautiful verse. Inshallah tomorrow we will continue by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He speaks of the dispute between the people of Najran and some of the Jewish people of Medina Munawwara. The people of Najran they had come in to Medina Munawwara in order to learn about Islam. They were known as Wafdu Najran, the group of Najran. They were Christians. And the Jewish people of Medina Munawwara were also people of the book. They had the book. So the two of them just started disputing. One from amongst them said to the other, you people are following nothing. What you have is absolutely nothing. So one from amongst the other group got up and said, you know what? You guys are following nothing. Who do you think you are? You think we're following nothing. It's you guys who are following nothing. And each one of them began to call the other. Yet both of them had revelation from Allah in their hands. Both of them were granted revelation. Had they looked into the authentic and original revelation, they would have found the truth. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala exposes them in verse number 113. And Allah says, The Jewish people of Medina were saying to the Christians of Najran, You people are upon nothing. And the Christians of Najran were telling the Jewish people of Medina Munawwara, you people are following nothing, nothing. What you have is absolutely nothing. And Allah says, and yet they are reading the book. They have revelation in their hands and they have the Quran on top of that to be able to clarify. So the point I learned from this and I want to share with you is that my brothers and sisters, 
Sometimes the bickering and the fighting that we have amongst one another, even as Muslimin, makes us forget the crux and the core of the matter. That is the revelation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whilst I am busy calling you a name and you are busy calling me a name, the real enemy is actually benefiting and gaining. And we are busy, we have the truth in front of us and we're busy calling each other names and fighting and so on. What do we learn from this? Do you think Allah revealed this verse for nothing in the Quran? Do you think Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has it here without a lesson for me and for you? It definitely has a powerful lesson. We are sucked into such big dispute within the Muslim ummah that sadly we tend to give opportunity to the real enemy to overtake and to swipe and to wipe us in such a huge way and each one of them each one of us is cheering the enemy to destroy the other astaghfirullah may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us brothers and sisters like i commence this evening i want to end by saying let us learn to love one another for the sake of the fact that we share the shahada everything else will come thereafter the differences we have we may discuss them in a proper manner, professional manner, and we may never ever resolve them. But the bare minimum is we will draw closer because we have the shahada. We have so much more in common than we actually do have in terms of difference. If I have a difference of five matters with you, trust me, I share another 5,000 matters in common with you. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless this ummah with love. Until we meet again tomorrow. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad. Subhanallahu wa bihamdih. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika nashhadu an la ilaha illa ant. Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk.